Well, I'm delighted to welcome Jay McKee here this evening. I'm not going to tell you anything about him. Um, I just am going to let him tell you about himself. But most importantly, I know Jay's heart, and he'll want to tell you more about his saviour than he will want to do about himself. But we'll hand the time over to Jay, and he's going to come and share just now. Well, thank you, Pastor Peter, for his kind words of welcome here to the Grange tonight. Uh, I'm in uh, unknown territory uh, in the country tonight, but it's lovely to be here to share what the Lord's done for me in my life. Turn with me to Acts chapter 16, just for a short reading. Acts 16. You all know very well, Acts 16. And verse number 25. It says, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, uh, and the Britons heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison, uh, the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone bored were loose. And the gate of the prison, uh, a wicking out of his sleep, and seeing the Britain, uh, do, Britain doors open, he drew his sword, out of sword too, and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we, we are all here. And he called for a light and sprang in, and came driving uh, down before and fell down, before Paul and Silas. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And thy house. In Acts 16 and 25 uh, to 31, we read of the account of the Philippian, of the Philippian jailers conversion. Hollow Paul and Silas were singing and praising God while in the prison cell, and a great uh, and a great earthquake uh, struck and it set the prisoners free from their bonds. And the jail was about to kill himself, but Paul said, "Paul and Silas stopped him and, I, and he asked, what must I do to be saved?" That was me. I was the Philippian jailer, and Paul and Silas prayed the Lord answered him in verse thirty-one. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. My name is Jamie King, uh, as you already know. Um, I am 18 years of age. I know I don't look up, but yes, I'm 18. Uh, I was born up in East Belfast, um, and I was born on the 17th of July 2004 to Heather McKee and Ryan Stewart. I was born in the Royal Victoria Hospital on the 16th of July 2004. My mum went for a checkup scan in the Oslo Hospital and I realised that I was too small for the amount of weeks into the pregnancy. And so they called for a sonographer um, to take a scan. And he said that the baby was too small. And I realised that it was too serious and that I needed to be born quickly. 
and that were due to problems with groups and other things. They then transferred mum to um, the Royal Victoria Hospital. Uh, she went for the appointment in the Ulster, uh, but transferred then to the Royal. And uh, they were transferred there simply because they had an intensive care unit there. Mum was prepared for uh, emergency C-section by epidural. And at 1.14am on the 17th of July 2004, I was born. Once I was born, I was wired up to all sorts of things for oxygen, heartbeat monitors and much, much more. And I weighed the massive weight of one pound and six ounces. The weight of a bag of sugar that you will put in your cup of tea. Well, I hope you don't put the whole bag in, but, <laughs> but that was the weight of me. And believe it or not, I was the size of a big spoon that you used this afternoon to steal the vegetables. And I believe that's why everyone calls me a spoon today. <laughs> because of the size of them. For weeks in fact, <coughs> I was then transferred to the Ulster Hospital from the Royal um, to be put into the special care baby unit there. I shared three months there and during my time I had ups and, ups and downs, blood transfusions, infections and reflux. And the three months old I stopped breathing. And if it wasn't for the correct actions of a nurse named by the name of Anne Berry, who was the, sister, the head sister of the unit at that time. I wouldn't have been here tonight showing my testimony, only the grace of God, uh, only, only God's hand that was in that. This is where my problem began. I stopped sucking a bottle, I stopped sucking a dummy, I wouldn't feed properly, and I had to be fed by a, a tube. After a lot of setbacks and eight long months, I was discharged from the from the Ulster Hospital uh, on the 23rd of March 2005. I was over home, I still had to attend the Ulster Hospital for checkups, and it was one of those appointments that they discovered that my lungs were stiff. I was diagnosed with a lifelong condition called cerebral palsy. And outside of hospital I had physical therapy, speech therapy, and dietitian. You name it, I was there. Life was going well at home. I got out of hospital, we moved to my grandfather's house for six weeks and then we, mum, dad and I moved to uh, Lord Street in Belfast um, where we were to set up home. Life was going well at home, and then something happened at our home. Uh, when I was just two years of age, Dad left home. He didn't get to see Dad for three to four years. Praise the Lord, I, I see him now. And at two and a half, then I, I began nursery at Metro House School on the Hollywood Road in Belfast. That is where I learned to walk at the age of three. Alongside that, I was learning to walk at home as well. Spent two years in nursery, and I, I then moved to uh, P1 uh, at my house. 
I love Metro House. I had some great times there. Uh, and um, I met some good friends. And it was in 2010. Uh, I was in B2. And the school started to speak to mum about moving to mainstream school. And so with risk assessments and different things, I thought I was academically ready, believe it or not. Uh, and uh, But I, I wasn't physically ready. And my daughters couldn't teach me any more. Um, they couldn't teach me. They couldn't teach me any less either. But, but anyway, um, so it came in for another year. And at the end of P three, I left. Sorry, I left Metro House uh, in June two thousand and twelve. Well, where did I go after that? Well, I went to Ellenwood Primary School in. Uh, September 2012. Peter, do you know anything about Elm Grove? Peter knows something about Elm Grove. In fact, he was a teacher at Elm Grove. In fact, when I reached P7, this man came in, and I've had to call him all sorts of names over the years. <laughs> <laughs> it was Peter, and then I, I had to get rid of that. It had to be Mr. Craig. And then it was Peter Foley right again, and now it's Pastor Craig. So, he's had, a, <coughs> he's had a wide range of names, plus more. <laughs> so, uh, I was provided with a full-time one-to-one assistant, a godly lady named Alison Buchanan. Uh, I love this godly lady who loved the Lord. And my life was great, and I am good, I loved it. And this group came in year on year called The Amazing Journey. You're going to be going into the schools in a few weeks' time. And well, uh, The Amazing Journey has had a, an impact on my life. And I came from this church called The Hour Hall Evangelical Church. And they, they dressed in Bible characters and telling us the Bible stories to us. This continued from B4 to B5. I hadn't really had any interest, but it, but it was really in B6 when we received the part that we got at the end. Uh, there was information about the children's meeting and Sunday school. So I wanted to go one night and went home and I asked mum. And in September 2014, I went to the gospel service. I got more information about the uh, children's meeting and Sunday school. And I sat with, so I started to go to the church services. Began to sit with a family who looked out for me. Uh, and I was shamed with Sarah Martin. So I went to church, I went to children's meeting, I went to Sunday school. One day, I was at Sunday school. I was in Priscilla Martin's class. So I spoke this about our need to be saved, our need of the Lord Jesus Christ. And well, if you're not saved tonight, listen in carefully. On the 19th of October, <laughs> 2014, that day will always ring in my ears. That day will always be kept up in my head. Because just you know, that day, in my bedroom, I went in, I went into the bedroom unsaved, came out of the bedroom 
allowed us a great blessing for Peter to 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 have Peter play at the um um baptismal service. So there you go, Peter. <coughs> uh, so uh, uh, if you uh, same play the organ, uh, just uh, make sure you bring your plug to right. <laughs> no, uh, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. But you know what? He baptism uh, at the age of twelve. That same year, I got involved with ZF, and I went to Belfast uh, into his camp uh, in what we call our new old ZFH now locked down, and we built. We had some special time, times of fellowshipping with God's people and getting to know and getting uh, deeper into God's word. Moving on to, to February 2020, when the Lord spoke to me about membership, about joining the church, where you've been saved, where you've been baptized, but what about joining the local fellowship? Well, on the 9th of February 2020, I was accepted into the membership of the Iron Hall. Well, what do I do now? Well, I have the opportunity to share this same story. Uh, occasionally around the country. I know that I would speak in different meetings, uh, in little mission halls and different meetings, uh, occasionally around the country. Alongside working with CAF, uh, that's about a child in East Belfast, reaching what I call the most precious people on this earth. Who are they? They are, in fact, the children. I've allowed to thank the better for her and she's been a real good influence in my life and allowed me to serve with her. I also volunteered with Hope for Just Ministry and I was actually a leader uh, of this man here, Dan. Uh, um, he was in one of my tents. Uh, of, I think he was in my tent last year and the year before uh, that as well. Uh, just, you're so blessed to have Dan in your fellowship tonight. So that's with Colin and Joanna Tinsley. Those have been to Tully Moore, uh, whereby many children come from all over the country, all over the province, to learn of the greatest message of the Lord Jesus Christ and his love. In August last year, uh, that was 2022, I went to Poland with Colin and Joanna, and one of the team members is actually here tonight, Rhonda Lennox, I was on her, uh, Rhonda and I, and a few were in Poland together, and you know, I was so blessed by that trip. Uh, it was a great blessing to me, I enjoyed every minute of it. But listen then, I particularly enjoyed one point, You know, there was a boy there from Ukraine. He was shifted out of his home because of the war in Ukraine. And little Arthur came to Poland, came to camp. Not much. But you know, that little boy went away from camp. That's the greatest gift of all. He went away with Jesus Christ in his heart. Mm -hmm. 
Lambert Mai. Highlight. When that little boy came to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. I've also had an opportunity to share the gospel in the open air. Let's hope in the streets. And you know, God's been so good to me. You know, I'm not ashamed to tell you tonight that I love the Lord with all of my heart. I love him because he first loved me. I mean, my final year at school, I asked the boys and I said, to that praise the Lord? <laughs> but you know, the fu- but you know, the future ahead seemed to be light. But tonight I feel, sorry, I don't feel, I know. I know I am, I, I'm a Jew. That the call of God is on my life. And I know that where he may lead me, I will go. So I've learned to trust him so. And well over the last seven, eight months, I'm old. The Lord has been putting Bible college in my heart. And I know that that is where the Lord is wanting me to go. And so by God's leading and God's grace, I have been accepted into the Belfast Bible College for September of 2023. And I'm so looking forward to see what the Lord is going to do uh, with me at Bible College. You know, I also have this burden, a burden for children's ministry. I was planted deeply in my heart after attending a CF training week uh, in the summer of 2022. A man by the name of Philip Allen stood and he he taught uh, a series of lessons on what is the gospel. He says, well, the gospel is a message about four things. A message about God, a message about sin, a message about the Lord Jesus and the call of repentance and faith. And he took each of those uh, for each class. So we had a message about God and really challenged. But the one on sin really got the hold of me. I left that room tea time. I walked in very great, so challenged. Went to bed that night, couldn't sleep. And the Lord was creating a burden in my heart for children's ministry. And can I encourage the folk in the graves tonight? Keep away your children's ministry. I believe it's the most precious ministry in the local church. See, when they're young, when when the hearts are soft, that's the time. And I've had the privilege of leading children to the Lord at Tullymore at CF and 
uh, that boy in, in Poland. It's precious. And so, I don't know what's, what's ahead, but I know for the next three years, it's Bible College. You know, I want to highlight those so that I come to a close. There was nothing special about the man in the pulpit tonight. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Do you know who the man in the pulpit is tonight? Do you know who he is? He's not Jay McKee. Well, he is, but Jay McKee is a seller. He's a seller. He deserved to go to a lost eternity, but by God's grace, I have been saved. Hallelujah tonight. Wow. And it's nothing of me. Absolutely nothing. It's all of my Saviour. It's all of the man who died for me, and to know died for you as well. Nothing special about me. I'm no supernatural. I'm a guilty sinner. Saved by grace. It's wonderful, isn't it? But I finished. Listen to what I call my life, sir. I'll sing it until the day I go home to heaven. He did with me. Oh, blessed thought. A word with heavenly comfort thought. Whatever I do, wherever I'll be, still tells God's hand that he did me. Sometimes the change of David Flynn. Sometimes the leading body Flynn. By waters came of a troubled sea. Still tells his hand that leadeth me. I love him. I want to serve him. After all that he's done for me, I want to give my life again. <coughs> and to what I stand tonight, in the verge of the, of, of the commencement of my work here on earth, I look forward to see what the Lord is going to do. Because you know what? Listen to me. Listen carefully. It's not Jay McKee also Jay McKee. It's Jesus also Jesus. All I am and all I have and all I ever hope to be is Jesus. All for Jesus. All I have. And all I have. And all I ever hope to be. My prayer for you tonight is, dear folk, that you would have that same experience. He can do it for you as well, you know. The same experience of falling in love 
I'm accepting the Lord Jesus Christ. I recommend my Jesus to you tonight. He's wonderful. He's marvelous. He's altogether lovely. He's wonderful to me. And he can be wonderful to you too. But only if you trust him. What is Savior tonight? Wow. Just when I think of all that he did for me, why can't I give everything for him? And so tonight, I want to recommend my Savior to you because he's totally wonderful. Well, I'm immensely proud of my young friend Jay in the right way because Jay, what you heard tonight is lived every single day of his life. I've known him for many years and I know that wherever he goes, that he looks for opportunities to share the gospel. I know wherever he goes, he doesn't miss a beat. And you've heard a story tonight of a young man that the Lord saved at P6. But then he's a soul winner too. And that's so important. He's gone on and he shares of Christ wherever he goes. And you listen and you hear a young man and he's leading others to Christ. 18 years old. 18 years old. And what a testimony of the Lord's grace. I want to say just a few things tonight. Not a lot more needs added. Turn with me please to the book of Acts and chapter 10 please. You may see Jay up here. And you may think what a good wee fella. What a good man. And he certainly is in many ways in his life. But I want to ask the question in the moments that we have left in our meeting. Do good people go to heaven? Jay in Belfast, we were both East Belfast lads. And Jay would often say that wise men come from the East. Uh, He says amen. (laughs) But in, in East Belfast quite often we would say... Up, they're a good lad. They're a good lad. And many people at the Met Jay would say he's a good lad. But I want to ask the question as we close off our gospel meeting this evening. Do good people go to heaven? Is that what the requirement is? And I want to read from Acts 10, these first six verses, we're going to meet a man. And he was a good man. And this is the word of Lord, the Lord. And it says, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. A centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man, and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. And he saw in a vision heavenly about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine arms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. Verse 34, please. So Peter is called by Cornelius and Peter comes along. And this is what Peter shares with Cornelius. It says there in verse 34, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation 
He that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That word I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea, and began in from Galilee, after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with prayer, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. For time's sake, we'll leave the reading there and we'll refer to a few more verses after that. But tonight we, in these closing moments, consider this good man. His name was Cornelius, a centurion. He would have had charge over 100 soldiers. And verse 1 of this chapter tells us that he was placed in Caesarea, which was in Israel. He was a well-respected man, a good man, respect from his soldiers. He also had respect from the Jews. Uh, And it was a very odd thing in those days to have both. The Romans and the Jews generally didn't get on well together, but Cornelius was an exception to that rule. All people saw him in good light. He was truly a good man. You know, while the Jewish, while the Jewish men and women can still be saved, God in these days is dealing with the Gentile nations, people who who are not Jews. Is that what that's what that word Gentile means in the Book of Acts? In the book of Acts we read, which we've read this story from in scripture, it's a book of conversions. We've heard the story of Jamie Key's conversion this evening. How the Lord met him, how he heard it first through the work of the amazing journey, then went to Iron Hall, and the Lord met him there and saved them. And this is what the book of Acts really is about. It's a, it's a book of stories about people who were converted. You don't have to read far into the book of Acts before you find the conversion of 3,000 souls after Peter had preached on the day of Pentecost. And throughout this book we see the work of the Holy Spirit. You could turn to chapter 3 and you'll find the lame man who was led in the temple and Peter and John came up and the man called out for money. But they said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And they not only healed him, but they preached the gospel to him and he was gloriously saved. In chapter 4, the preaching of Christ brought 5,000 men to Christ. In chapter 8, Philip preaches in Samaria, many are saved. Then he's taken to the desert and he leads an Ethiopian eunuch to Christ. Yet another conversion. Chapter 9, we read of the conversion of Saul, who of course, his name was changed to Paul. And much of what Paul has done, Paul was a soul winner just like Jay. And Paul went on and from that conversion, many people even today are still being saved as they read uh, Paul's letters to many churches. But this evening, as we read in this book of conversions, we have come to the story of Cornelius. And as we consider his conversion, we're asking, do good people go to heaven? Here is a man who was, here's a man who was good, but God sent Peter, a converted Jew, to go and speak to this Roman soldier. And God told him to preach the gospel of Christ to this man, Cornelius. 
And what I want you to see is I want you to see that Cornelius, he was a good man, the good man. There's a, not, there's a lot to say about this man, a lot of good to say. Even as an unsaved man, he seemed to be upstanding. In verse 2 of Acts 10, we're told he's a devout man. We're even told that he feared God, that he gave much to people, he gave alms to the people, and he prayed to God always. He was a devout man. That tells us he was morally upright. It means he tried his best in all the things that he did. He tried his best to do what was right. He was one which the people, when they were talking, they might have said he's a lovely man. He was a man of excellent nature, kind-hearted, generous. I'm sure you can think of many people that could fit into that category. We all know them. That person who would sacrificially do anything for you out of the kindness of their heart. And God's word tells us that Cornelius, he was a devout man, devoted to people, devoted to all that he did. Here was a good man. Humanly speaking, very good. But he wasn't a saved man. Now listen, this is a very important distinction. If you were to listen to the characteristics of this man, Cornelius, you might say, well, he's definitely going to heaven. He's a really good man. Surely he's earned his way in. That's not what the Bible teaches. He was a good man, but he wasn't heaven bound. He was on his way to a lost eternity. Why? Because he wasn't a saved man. Do good people go to heaven? The answer comes from God's word, the Bible, with a resounding no. Good people don't go to heaven. Saved people go to heaven. And here in God's word we find out that Cornelius was actually trying to live for God because it says in verse 2 that he feared the Lord, he gave much alms to the people and he even prayed to God. But God needed to warn him and tell him that none of these were going to make him fit for heaven. A good person who tried his best to please God, that wasn't the way of salvation. And here was a good person but not a saved person. Only the saved person is going to God's heaven. And dear friend, tonight you might be good living and you might try and live morally upright, but it doesn't make you fit for heaven. No amount of good works that you do will get you to heaven. No amount of meetings that you attend will get you to heaven. No amount of money that you put in the collection box in the church will get you to heaven. All these things are good things, but they don't make you fit for heaven. He was a God-fearing person. But he needed to be saved. So often we close off gospel meetings with these words, Oh, be saved, his grace is free. Oh, be saved, he died for thee. You can religiously attend all these meetings. You can give all the money you want, but it's not going to make you fit for heaven. Maybe you even believe the Bible tonight. Maybe you believe in heaven and you believe in hell. Maybe you believe in God. And you believe in the Lord Jesus and you believe that the Lord Jesus is the Son of God. But you know what? The Bible says that even the devils believe. You must accept that you're a sinner tonight. That you aren't perfect. You must realize you need Christ as your Savior. Cornelius the good man. But I want you to see Cornelius the converted man. Cornelius the converted man. 
You know, we hear what he was, this good, God-fearing, generous man, as it seemed, and God went to him, and he told Cornelius through the Apostle Peter, you're in danger of missing heaven and ending up in hell. You see, the big mistake that people make today, and you hear it all the time, is to say they, they, they decide that good people are going to heaven and bad people are going to hell. And this concept, it's not found in Scripture. I say it again tonight because of the importance of it. Only saved people are going to heaven. Are you saved? Have you been converted to Christ? Jay has told us about that moment in his life when he went into his bedroom and he got on his knees and he gave his life to Christ accepting he was a sinner believing that the Lord Jesus went to the cross and died for him confessing his sin and putting his full trust in the cross work of Calvary and you know that day you could see it when Jay told you tonight the burden lifted and he rejoiced because he was saved for eternity and he knew he wasn't just a good lad anymore But he was a saved lad. He was a saved lad. And that's the difference. Because Jay, had he not made that decision that night to trust in Christ, had he not gone into his bedroom and done that, he might have continued being a good fella, an upright fella, but he wasn't a saved fella. I praise God tonight that the Lord saved Jay McKay. And he can save you too. Maybe tonight you're here and you are a good person. But look at verse 34. Here's what Peter said to Cornelius when he met him. He said, God is no respecter of persons. You could be the most respected and good and moral person in the room this evening. But the message of scripture is clear. That's not enough. God is no respecter of persons. We need something more than just living right to get to heaven. You know, maybe after Cornelius had given his life to Christ, you might have said, well, what's the difference? He was already behaving like a Christian. What the difference was was that he was a saved man. Are you a good person? Are you a good neighbour? Maybe you do a lot in the community. But that's not going to make you fit for eternity. Are you converted, dear friend? I wonder if you've been saved. Have you had that moment where you put your trust in Christ as your saviour? I wonder if you put your trust in Christ's atoning sacrifice. That word atoning means that Christ went to the cross to make amends for your sin. He went to deal with the problem of sin once and for all. That that he was the perfect sacrifice who took your place. And dear friend, tonight, no matter how good you think you are, the Bible makes it clear for all. That includes you have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Even your righteous acts, the Bible tells me, are as filthy rags. God is holy. And he sent his son to die for you to take your place where you not trust in Christ. Cornelius, a good man, but still needed Christ. Jay McKay, a good lad, but still needed Christ. Here was a centurion. He would have known much conflict and he would have dealt with it. And he clearly was searching for the meaning of life as he studied God's law and he prayed and he gave alms. But none of that satisfied God. None of that gave this man peace in his soul. He believed in God. But you know, God sent Peter and met him on the road and Peter shared the gospel with him and this man was gloriously saved. Good people can be saved, you know. 
I wonder, dear friend, are you safe? I want just you to know two things as we close. I want you to see that God cares for the sinner. The Lord knew everything there was to know about Cornelius. He knew he was good. He knew he was living as best he could in society. And God reached out to him in this dream and spoke to him. What a picture of God's grace. God spoke to him through a vision, then sent Peter to preach to Cornelius. And God in his grace has you here in this gathering tonight. I wonder, would you be willing to cry out to the Lord to make it well with your soul? Jesus Christ is able to save you and there's no heart so hard that he cannot soften it. So don't just sit here tonight and rely on your own good works and your own good living. Trust in Christ to have assurance of heaven. No case of sin has ever defeated the Lord. His mighty power reaches beyond the uttermost depths of human sin. And don't rely on your good works any longer. Trust Christ and know his peace and know his pardon from sin. And if you have any desire towards Christ tonight, if the Spirit of God is striving with you as you listen to Jay and as you listen to God's Word, if you have any slight desire towards Christ, you've gone, you haven't begone, gone beyond the reach of God's pierced hands. If the Spirit is striving with you tonight, do not harden your heart. Come through for God. The Lord Jesus doesn't demand anything from you. Nothing. The work has been done. He simply forgives you freely. He wants none of your merits. Nothing, absolutely nothing from you. He simply says, come as you are to him. And he's willing to receive you as you are. God cares for you. He cares for the sinner. But I want you to see also that God came to the sinner. God spoke directly to Cornelius. And I know if you're here tonight or listening online... He's speaking to you too. We've said this already tonight. God promises every time this book is open that he will speak. And therefore his spirit is pleading, maybe pleading with you tonight. I know the Bible tells me it's not the will of the Father that any should perish. So I know that there is salvation available for every soul in this planet. And God is here present in this meeting. Jesus is passing this way. I wonder will you put your trust in him. For the Lord has come to Grange Baptist tonight. For he's promised where two or three are gathered in my name. There am I in the midst. He's in our midst tonight. And he's here. And he may be speaking to you. And he comes to you as the saviour tonight. Today, when the Lord Jesus comes and he speaks to you by his Spirit, he comes as Saviour. He comes as one offering eternal life to all who will receive him and repent from their sin. The Lord Jesus, by his Spirit, is here this evening and he desires more than anything for you to be saved and to miss hell. And he knows all about your life, yet he still calls you to come to himself. And if you respond in faith, he will not deny you his salvation. For in John chapter 6 verse 37 we read, He that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Dear friends, in this passage we've seen a good man who was hellbound become a saved man who was heavenbound. And I appeal appeal to you this evening as we close our gospel service. Let me make this plea with you, dear friend. You're sat here this evening in church, faithfully supporting the meeting. You may have even given your money 
to this church fellowship. You might even have helped in different ways within this church, but I plead with you. Don't let all this fool you into thinking that you're heaven bound. There's only one way to heaven. And Jesus is the only way. Today, the Lord comes to you as your saviour. One day, you may meet him as your judge. Make sure you get it right. Good people, do good people go to heaven? No. Saved people go to heaven. Are you saved? We're going to sing a closing hymn, Blessed Assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Can I ask you tonight, do you have the blessed assurance that Jesus belongs to you? I'll tell you something, I'm in no doubt after listening to Jay that he can sing these words from his heart. I wonder, can you?